2: Welcome to Politics by Faith. I'm Mike Slade. Thank you for being here. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Ohio train derailment and what's really going on with this story. But if you're new to the show, uh, what we do here is we take a story of the day that is causing anxiety and break it down, talk about what's really going on, lament the brokenness in the story, and then we have the turns, some historical uh, perspective and biblical truth that provides some peace and hopefully that anxiety all goes away and then something that's in our control and then a a parting thought so we can go to sleep at night. That's the mission and I'm grateful you're here. So let's talk about this train derailment. What happened? So a train was leaving from Madison, Illinois to Conway, Pennsylvania. That's near Pittsburgh and there were 141 loaded cars on the train, nine empty cars. And 20 of those cars were carrying hazardous materials, chemicals. Somehow, we don't know yet, but 51 cars derailed outside of a small town, East Palestine, Ohio. It's right on the border with Pennsylvania. It's a town of less than 5,000 people. So 51 cars derailed. 11 of those had hazardous materials. One of the chemicals is, was used, would have been used to make uh, PVC like PVC piping and other types of plastics. Very flammable chemical. So the train crashed February 3rd, 8.55 p.m. They started evacuating people within a one by 2 mile radius on February 6th, so two and a half days later. And that's when the powers that be decided to have a controlled burn of the five tanks of vinyl chloride, which is what you have seen by now. This created this massive black plume into the air it's unbelievable and then a a couple days later officials told residents to come back come on back it's fine it's great it's safe it's safe totally like what i don't think so and then people saw a little fish floating on the surface of a nearby creek like what is going on here state senator or u.s senator jd vance he went to the creek and he dragged a stick along the bottom of the creek bed and and you could see this chemical residue come up to the surface you could see it was, it was like an oil slick on top of the water fema federal government first denied east palestine any disaster aid and then after some outrage they changed that decision but it all fed into this narrative this perception that no one cares about what is essentially this chemical explosion of a small town in ohio and that's The other story, like why did this crash get so little attention? It's unbelievable. Where are the environmentalists? This is a massive environmental disaster. You know, these environmentalists, they were so concerned about the Keystone XL pipeline. We have 190,000 miles of pipelines traversing the United States of America. It's unbelievable. Give a Google, when you get a second, of Pipeline Map America. And you can see these pipelines all over the United States. And the Keystone Pipeline was just one, one pipeline going right through the middle. That was it. And it was the biggest the deal in the world and the worst thing of all time. It was so bad that President Biden uh, shut it down, the construction of it. One of his first things he did in office. It's huge. Oh, we can't have the Keystone Pipeline. There's 190. It's a 3,000-mile country. We're 3,000 miles wide. We have 190,000 miles of pipelines. Okay, But we had to stop the Keystone because the, there's a risk that there might be a leak or something. Well, here we have one. We, we have a big chemical leak. And the environmentalist, uh, not a peep. Forget about the people and their lungs and livelihoods and housing values and the future of their lives, right? Forget about the people who are scared to ever go back home because they're afraid to breathe or drink the water, but they can't sell their house. The house is worth nothing. So forget about them for a second. Let's think about the almighty planet. That has chemicals drained into the water and a toxic plume into the atmosphere. Nothing from the environmentalists. It's odd. Why? May I be cynical for a moment? Could it be that this did not get attention from the media because the people who are affected by it directly are poor white people? No, it that, that can't be. It can't be. You know, in the first 10 days, ABC, NBC, CBS, the, the broadcast, news networks, they spent less than 30 minutes of coverage, over 10 days, and none of that coverage they gave was skeptical to the party line from the powers that be. No questions, no skepticism, no, mm, are you sure the water's safe to drink, <laughs> or why did you guys light it on fire on purpose again? What was the thought process here? But this lack of attention can't be because it's just poor white people living there, can it? Or that 72% of the people in this area voted for President Trump in 2020? That can't can't be, can't be, it's not that. So that's the story. That's what's going on. But what's really going on? I think with the root of this, or one of the roots, is people hate the light. People hate the light. They hate the truth. They hate accountability. John 3.20 says, Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of god it took almost a week before anyone reported on this okay round 2 name something that's not boring
1: a laundry ooh a book club computer solitaire huh
0: ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino That's
2: Chumbacasino.com. No
1: purchase necessary. BGW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: And even then, the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, was out giving speeches pretending like it didn't even happen. This is the Transportation Secretary, literally, as a couple days after this train derailment, talking about how there's too many white people in construction.
1: On building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure, where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project, looking like uh, uh, you know, doing doing the g- good-paying jobs, don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood, right?
2: What? Too many white construction construction workers. What are you, what are you talking about? That is keeping this story in the darkness. No accountability. unless I'm not saying the people involved. Are evil, like, like it was a plot to derail the train and destroy the town. But if you don't take accountability, there's a reason why you want to keep things in the dark. With the media spending less than 30 minutes after a week of no coverage. The powers that be desperately want this to stay in the darkness. So let's lament this for a little bit. The, the idea that your town could be destroyed in a moment. And then insult to injury, no one care. I mean, just look at your housing values. So, it's gone. Like, those houses in East Palestine are worth nothing. Who's going to buy a house there? So, you lost everything. And it barely even makes the news. You don't have the right boxes or something for people to care about you. The media doesn't cover it. The politicians don't care. The company doesn't care. It's awful. Ezekiel 2, 4 says, The people to whom I am sending you are impudent and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And jump ahead to Ezekiel 3, 7. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you because they're not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate. <laughs> so we got hardened, obstinate, impudent, and stubborn. The Hebrew word for impudent here means uh, literally Hard-faced, that's, that's the word, hard-faced. We translate it as impudent. Hard-faced, what does that mean? It means someone is callous to their shame. They can't, they can't be shamed, they don't care. They, they do a terrible thing and you try to shame them and they're callous to it. Their face doesn't, they're hard-faced. And then with the hard face, of course, comes the, uh, we well, have the stiff-necked people, but also stiff of heart. They're hard-hearted. And what a shame, especially to have that anywhere, but also to be, to be governed by people who are hard-faced and callous. We've gone through a, uh, a long period, the COVID years at least, of people in charge who hate the light. Did you see the NBC News article the other day about how previous infection gives you better protection to COVID than vaccines? This is an NBC News article. <laughs> you kidding me? People got fired from their jobs. People got kicked off social media just two years ago for saying that exact same thing, which, which is like, everyone knew was true forever, always. And now it's, um, it's like, oh, yeah, common knowledge. Wait, huh? People got fired for saying things like this. No apologies either. Oh, listen, of course, people can be wrong, but it's the arrogance of it and not admitting it. That's hating the light. That's being hard-faced. I want to go over in this segment here, uh, the Bible section. Uh, There's a couple parts of Job 24 that I think are worth talking about here. Uh, Let's break it down. Uh, So the, the section of Job 24 is about the problem of the seeming security of the wicked so wicked people do terrible things. that's the first section. they seize flocks violently and feed on them. they drive away the donkey of the fatherless right so they're they're stealing things and hurting things breaking things. how about this some move landmarks. what does that mean Some move landmarks. so you go to Deuteronomy it's in Deuteronomy 1914 Deuteronomy 27 27 17 uh talks about how you're not allowed to move your neighbor's landmarks what does that mean um steal you can't steal so uh your land was there was a boundary to your land that was set up by landmarks here's where my land ends and your land begins so if you move your someone's landmark then you're stealing some of their land for your own that's what this. That you can't steal so job is saying what's going on why god do you allow these wicked people to do wicked things steal break destroy and they still live. And not only live, they're prospering. So Job is just crushed by this. Wicked people doing wicked things and prospering. Why, God, are you not judging them like they deserve to be judged now, right now? That's part one. Part two of Job 24. Job talks about what he thinks should happen to wicked people. He says their portion should be cursed in the earth. The worm should feed sweetly on him. Ooh. He should be remembered no more. And wickedness should be broken like a tree. All right, so there's Job. He thinks that's, that's what should happen to the wicked. And then part three. He comes to his senses a bit. Realizes that there's an afterlife. That God sees everything. And they will be judged at the right time. He says his eyes, God's eyes are on their ways. They are exalted for a little while. Then they're gone. They are brought low. That's the afterlife. So if you're going to move landmarks and steal land, particularly from widows, you'll be judged in the afterlife. So you can see Job's uh, progression. right? Why are the wicked prospering? This doesn't make any sense. And then number two, uh, here's what should happen to the wicked. And then number three is uh, God will deal with them in the afterlife on his terms, in his way. But I bring this up because in the middle of all this, uh, there's a beautiful section about operating in the darkness. Now, in this case, it's literal darkness. But sin is done in metaphorical darkness just not telling people keeping it to yourself all the rest so this is job 24:13. there are those who rebel against the light who are not acquainted with its ways and do not stay in its paths the murderer rises before its light that he may kill the poor and needy and in the night he's like a thief the eye of the adulterer also waits for the twilight saying no one will see me and he veils his face We're going to do these bad things. We're going to do it when it's dark out. We're going to do it so no one can see it. God sees it. So to bring it back to the train, the politicians and the people who are responsible for this or with the responsibility over this, they prefer to hide in the darkness. They don't need to do the right thing. Just wait till it goes away. Just wait till the news no longer covers it. Or they're hoping the news never covers it. And the news did begrudgingly. But now they're just waiting till it all goes away. Just deny, deny, deny. the water's fine. (laughs) Nothing to see here. Oh, it's just a dead fish or two. No big deal. Go back to your homes. You're safe. It's great. Move on with your lives. Just pretend this never happened
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. when you go to Talkspace.com, match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com.
2: Does it, does it give you comfort knowing that the wicked, those who rebel against the light, will be dealt with in the afterlife? Does that give you any comfort that they may you know, get away with it for a little while, but then they're gone? And they will be brought low. And God sees everything. You know, it's true of us too. What's in my control? That's the big question always. God sees everything we do. Everything, always. James 5.16. He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. What does confessing your sins to each other do? Takes it out of the darkness, puts it into the light. Tell a trusted friend. Talk to your pastor. Free yourself from this sin. Get it into the light. 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. And his word, God's word, has no place in our lives. It's not good. You don't want that. So let's not be people who live. In the dark, let's not be people who live our life with anything in the dark. Put it in the light. The Bible talks about people who are sitting in darkness. It's Matthew four sixteen. Uh, Matthew's sort of quoting Isaiah, but in Isaiah it talks about people who uh, walk in darkness, and uh, Matthew's even a bit more hopeless. They're sitting. <laughs> They're going nowhere. They'll always be in darkness. At least if you're walking in darkness, you may stumble upon some light or eventually get somewhere where there's no longer you're moving right you're moving but if you're sitting in darkness then there's no movement and you have no hope let me quote Charles Spurgeon just to give some hope there is light in Christ's name for a troubled sinner what is it Jesus Jesus is savior I am a sinner lost and ruined but I rejoice for Jesus has come to seek and to save that which was lost my sins trouble me but he shall save his people from their sins. Satan annoys me, but he has come to destroy the works of the devil. It's Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Get out of the darkness. So what can we think about tonight? What can we take with us today? Something to meditate on tonight. Again, I lament the people who have positions of responsibility, who are never responsible, who live in the darkness, who hide the truth, never repent. I hate that there are victims to their wickedness, but take comfort that God will deal with them. And I also pity them here on earth because many of them are miserable living like this in the darkness. Because Spurgeon said, the mind that knows not God knows not the heart's best rest. Hmm. So let's flip that around tonight and this will be our parting thought. Let us be people who know God because the mind that knows God knows the heart's best rest. SlaterRadio at gmail.com. If I could ask you to please spread the word, tell people about this podcast if you enjoyed, if you liked it, if it took some of your anxiety away, that's the goal. If you could leave a five-star review, quick little comment, that'd be superb as well. We've got to beat the algorithm and uh, reviews for some reason. Make that happen. I hope you have a wonderful night. Politics by faith. Mike Slater.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.